His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love um, that was awesome word. Jared, the Lord is doing that so deep within us that we can't, uh, he's not even let us go back. He's not letting us go back to, to old thoughts. Well, um, when I was in, uh, England and, and, um, and in Scotland, we went to churches and we went to Bergs, like what we live in, like what we saw at Miriam, like what we saw, and I thought that was that was what Christmas was—a bunch of a bunch of bergs. You know, you got your mega churches in your big cities, but but you got these places, which are the heart of God. And when we went to those places, we found out that it was all these little bergs coming together, and then they'd find out global celebration was coming, and then they'd all come together. But then when we ended up going to their churches, they were way littler than we are, and yet they, the, the power of God was there, and the Spirit of God was, and he said, I don't want you to say you're little anymore. He said, it's like you're saying I'm a little insignificant person. And he said, I'm telling you, what I've done here is big and significant. Well, I told Ron when I came back, I said, we don't know what we have. I said, you watch this school of ministry, and I, I think it was Kim that was saying, my goodness, it is elevated. These kids, and it's not just kids, it's all, I call everybody kids, so anyway, but they see from the Spirit. We had had the words, we'd had them take words, um, and I didn't tell them who they were, and they were in envelopes. Well, we were having a leadership meeting, and I wanted them to speak words over our leadership. I mean, those words were as clear as clear could be. And literally, they saw in the Spirit and spoke God's heart to elevate and move us forward, and it was incredible. So I'm telling them that. So, so after we had done our evangelism, um, we evangelized the whole church, and so we're all saved now, and we're really happy. You know, it was so funny because uh, Audrey was mine, and, and uh, uh, you know, she, had, she was supposed to play act, and so she's play acting. I don't believe in God, and she's play acting for me, you know, and then she goes, now, you know, I'm not really not like that, don't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, I know you're not like that, and then she was so convincing. I got saved really fast. I mean, I was nasty. And her little heart was so pure, there was just no way you could not accept Jesus. I mean, it was just like, it was just the way it was. So anyway, after we got done doing that, uh, uh, we just made a big circle. And I've loved it. We've been pushing the chairs out in the middle so that we can uh, worship. And you know that whether you're in the school of ministry or not, that you can come and worship with us from 6 to 7. or It's just around that time it's you know we love having you but saying that so we pushed the chairs out of the way so we made a big circle and we did everybody had I think it was Ethan and Haley had it but everybody had a name and we weren't allowed to look at the name and I'm telling you they were on the money every single one and I'm not talking about we used to have I see a flower and you look like a flower well you know sometimes you have to work on interpretation with that I like flowers though so I look like a flower so that's good but I mean it wasn't like that it's not like that anymore I mean it is in depth and and I I told Ron I said when you came when I came back I realized there's just pure gold here 
and I want the gold to go out, and I want the gold to share. And I know that we are in that hour. I'm just telling you, I'm confident of it. The Lord spoke to me, and he's been speaking this word to me uh, in this season. Celebrate before you see it. Now, this is a little bit probably, Jared, like um, speak it. But, you know, it also says prophesy and you'll see it. But celebrate before you see it. Faith is the very substance of things hoped for, the very evidence of things not yet seen. Celebrate. Faith shouts and celebrates when God says shout. And so uh, he's been speaking that to me, and he's saying, I don't, I don't want a long face anymore. I don't want, oh, and I don't want you in anxiety. In fact, most of our, our burdens are fears. And I'm just telling you that, open your eyes. Most of the time when you're heavily burdened, it's fear. Find out whether you're dealing with fear. Because he says not to be anxious for nothing. He says you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. So, Father, I just want to thank you this morning that you are revealing and we are in an hour of revelation that is incredible. And, Lord, we are all so excited about what you're unopening, what you're opening, Lord, what the packages that are coming, the things that are happening. Lord, I celebrate. God, I celebrate all this season and what you're going to do and what you are already doing. Lord, I just thank you. We went to Caleb's chrysalis. I'm just reading notes now. And it was so beautiful because we sang, they, they got up and sang it to 10,000 reasons. And here's all these boys up there. And I just, I'm just telling you, I could have cried through the whole thing. Because, one, the kingdom is there. And, and it was just, it was so beautiful. And I thought, Lord, I don't care how you move and touch. I really don't. But I want to thank you for this. And uh, anyway, it was definitely the atmosphere of the kingdom because unity, Jesus said, is the atmosphere of the kingdom. And I'm just going to tell you over and over, the body of Christ is not divided by our walls. And we never came here, Ron and I never came here to build a church. Never. You know, if, we're, if we grow or if we don't grow, we came to see a move of God. We're revivalists, and we always will be. We believe in a move of God. We believe in a move of God in this area. Our leadership believes in a move of God across the land, and it is not about now. Yes, you do have to have family. Family supports one another. Family helps one another when we suffer and when we have trials. That's what family does. And so it's nice to have family because you can go to a church, a large mega church, and they'll never know your name. You know, can you grow in the Lord there? Yeah, but nobody's going to ever know your name. And the Bible says to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. Well, that takes family. And I I told Cam, because I was out with her yesterday, I said, do you know how amazing it is? Because we were talking about somebody we had ministered two years ago. And um, they had, um, the the woman had died and the man um, had, anyway, they had an affair. And it was just, you know, but we had ministered to them. And I said, do you realize what a testimony it is that our relationships are so old and so long? I mean, in this land where people don't have relationship, that there's something long term. I mean, there is something of God's kingdom in the longevity. And I was just like, 
Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for long-term relationships. I thank you for long-term marriages. I thank you for long-term. Honestly, you have to have love to cover a multitude of what you all are and what I am. You do. Family has to have love. You do. We all have to cover each other. And you know, when we slip and fall, we have to pick each other up. But that's what family does. But there is no walls here. I really believe that we're in an hour where we're going to see the move. And I don't know what he's going to tell all of you to do, but he's going to move us in a way to see the kingdom. So saying all that, I'm doing school. And um, <laughs> life is a setup of faith. That's what I thought. Life is a setup of faith. It's a setup for faith. And one of the main themes of the last few, few weeks is don't be offended with God. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And Bill Johnson, and you can, you can order this tape, but Bill Johnson had an incredible teaching on that, and he used John the Baptist as an example. I'm just giving a gist. But he used John the Baptist as an example, someone who had baptized him, someone who had known he was God, and then he's in prison. And he even sends his disciples to him because he didn't come and visit him. And, this, and God said, visit prisoners. And Jesus didn't do it. And Jesus didn't do this. And Jesus didn't do that. And so John's in prison with all of these unanswered questions. And Jesus said, blessed are you if you don't get offended. And so Bill talks about it. And honestly, I'm telling you, we all need it. He talks about life and that you cannot get offended. There has to be mysteries. You know, if you do, and, and, and in our book, we've done uh, things according to what we felt God told us to do. If you do two plus two and it doesn't equal four, if you've done your best and you get two plus two and you, it didn't equal four, there is, which is what John the Baptist had, there is a place of offense. And you can say, well, John was uh, offended or John, John was, but no, it's always at God. Because why? How come? And the Lord's going, will you trust me that I'm good and let go of the why? Will you trust me that I'm good and let go of the why? Let go of the blame. Because you're either going to blame somebody else or you're going to blame yourself and ultimately you're blaming God. Ultimately, your blame is God. Well, if they just would have acted right, I would have been okay. No, my blame is the situation didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And I'm going, God, I'm not okay. And I'm really not okay with you that it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. If the body of Christ can get over offense and embrace mysteries, there isn't answers for all of it. I love Bill's example. His example is his son, Eric. Now, Bill has a call to carry the kingdom, the signs and wonders and miracles. And his son, Eric, is 80 to 90% death in both ears. And yet, Bill is a proponent. In fact, the first time I ever heard Bill was at uh, Morningstar, and he was sharing on healing. He's a proponent of God's miracles. He's a proponent of the kingdoms of wonders. And yet, 
his son who's been prayed for and he said here's how you here's how you start building up a case he's been prayed for by oral roberts and benny hen and he's been prayed for by all the great faith people and he still can't hear and he said I just chalk it up to a mystery. I know that it doesn't change the word of God. And the word of God says, by his stripes we're healed. And that is my doctrine, and I'm standing with it. And he said, and my son Eric lays hands on deaf people all the time, and they're healed. Go figure. Nobody can. God is God, and he's big. And when we go, why? How come? You know, I always heard, and so this is a little different than what I'd heard. I'd always heard, well, God's shoulders are big enough that you can sit around and pound on them and say, why? And Bill said, you can do that a short moment and then get over it because God is good and you can trust him. And your situation right now is handmade for you. And often our doors and our blinders are because we're offended with God. You know, I've seen this, and I hear Benny writes a book on health and how to eat right and everything, and then gets cancer, and she has to go and get a bunch of treatment. It's always go figure. And I'm going to tell you, for the most part, the call you have on your life is going to be the biggest area. If you're called to unite people, you're going to be fighting with division. If you're called over family, your families, are, you're going to have issues over family. If you're called over finances, you're going to have issues over finances. Why? Because you carry the kingdom of God destiny inside of you. And the enemy doesn't want it to come out. And so if he can get you offended, it won't. If he can get you offended with, I did my best and it didn't happen. And so God's going to get rid of offense. Blessed are you who are not offended in me. The bottom line is this. God is good. God only does good. He can only do good. And I know that. I knew that. I knew that when my brother Mark died and, and, and all of that. I've known that God is good. But you don't understand when situations come and you feel like the failure that blame starts again. Maybe you're the failure this time. And so blame has to go somewhere. I'm just telling you right now, there is a cross that takes every wrong, whether you've done it or anybody else, and the offense goes. He sent Jesus to change and redeem all that. So stop blaming him for bad things on earth. You know, I hate it anymore when I hear, well, God, God allowed the fires in California because he probably wanted to refine a bunch of people. I, I hate all that talk anymore. I mean, honestly, that was an Old Testament view that God is changing. Thank God. I, you know what? I'm never too old to grow in revelation and understanding. And I'm going to be, if I live to be as old as my great aunt's 106, then I'm going to have a ton of revelation because I'm not staying where I am now. Do you understand? There is more of God and there's more of the revelation. And there is more of, I mean, even what Jared shared about who we are. I've heard kings and priests where kings and priests were supposed to be ruling and reigning over the years. But the revelation and understanding of identity is coming now. Why didn't it come then? Because 
I don't know why. I heard it. I even declared it. But he's doing it. Why hasn't revival come into this area when we've prayed so hard? Now, I know all of you have. Why hasn't it come until now? And I believe it's already moving. Why? I don't know. I don't care anymore. I care that God is good and there's, he's got more for me. And he said, celebrate. He told me, he said, Teresa, if you spend the rest of your life celebrating, and that's the call I put on you, is just to be joyful and celebrate. Can you do it? And will you be happy in it? And I went, I will. I will celebrate. I've celebrated when he's had cancer. I've celebrated when I've been hurt. I've celebrated and I'm not going to stop. But when I start seeing harvest, I'm going to celebrate because I got to see it. Well, I'm celebrating when I can't see it and I don't care anymore. And he asked me that. And then I had these words, uh, the Bethel team gave me words the other day for this school. And they started speaking over me and the leadership. It was leadership, wasn't it? And they said, you are a joy bringer. You see joy in everything. We see you even in sorrow bringing joy. We see this. And I was like, because he's good. I can't help it. You know, we were talking about worship and I said, I had to stand up last night because they were singing a wonderful song. I think it was Good, Good Father or something. I was like, ah. And I said, I am an explosion. It scares me when somebody says, get more fire. It really does because I'm thinking, if I get more fire, I'm going to be like David, twirling, you know. And I said, but you know what? David was the picture of worship in the Bible. He was a picture of what it should be. And he did not say, let's solemnly bow our heads and close our eyes and worship. He said, let's celebrate. The king is in the place. And I feel him. I can't help it. I feel him. And I feel like I could explode with that joy. Last night I could explode it. it was, I felt so much joy because I feel the kingdom. I love the kingdom. The kingdom is worth going after. Anyway, I don't know why I'm saying all that. So when things happen and mysteries happen, can we let them go? That's a big one. Do you trust him? That's the word. Do you trust him? Can we let them go and trust God? Can we judge him faithful? And it's so funny because the Lord's been speaking 11-11 to me and a bunch of 11s, which is the spirit of revelation, and it's coming forth. And we're in that hour. And Haley got, we went to get groceries or something, and she said, you know, the Lord spoke 11-11 to me and then started telling me the very same scripture. Can we judge him faithful? Now, that scripture in the King James says, can we judge him faithful? In other places, it's consider him, reckon him, you know, all of those things, can we judge him faithful? Bill said we build cases against God and answers by offenses, and they become deceptions. We start saying, well, God doesn't heal that kind of thing, and God doesn't want it. He doesn't want to move on Owen County because we couldn't handle it if he did. Well, baloney, I'm taking the move. Come on, and I will celebrate. He ans- we answer by offenses, and he said the offense he could have had and the deception is God doesn't want to heal certain cases. 
and he could have used his son as the example. There's just certain cases God doesn't want to heal. I'm going to tell you the blood on the cross healed everybody. When Peter say it, said it and stated it in the word, by his stripes you were healed, that meant every person who looked to the cross was healed by his stripes. Why it's not always manifested, that is not my business. But I'm going to believe in what he says. And that's the people that he's making us to be. When God speaks that truth, not circumstances nor offense, when God speaks that truth, his word is unchanging. What Jesus did at the cross is the final word. By his stripes you are healed. Is the positive words you can speak always. I can tell you if you're standing around saying I'm sick all the time, it's what Jared said. And I, I, it's so funny, Jared, because I actually had that thought. I'm going to get into positive thinking. Uh, because at least you're thinking something positive. <laughs> but you know why? Because the power of the enemy fills the negative words. Why do you think we've got all the uh, media speaking every negative? I think they look for the worst stories they can find. So the, the people of God better be turning this around. We need to be the good news bearers. That's what we, we need to be turning around what's going on. So what does God's word say? What does his promises say? And I believe it's a season of 11. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a couple of them. Celebration happens. Okay. I'm going to tell you when celebration. Remember I told you season of celebration. Celebration happens when we judge God as faithful. So is there ever a time we are not to be celebrating? Is he faithful? Has he taken care of you? Has he loved you? Has he answered prayers? Is he answering a ton more that you've asked? Is he faithful? He's faithful, you guys. He's faithful. What does God's word say in the season of 11s? And so... I'm going to go first to the ones that um, was Sarah, but this was Abraham first. It's um, 11, Hebrews 11. Remember I told you the revelation of who he is, kingdom. It's 11 starting on 10, and this is Passion Translation. And I just, I just encourage you to read the scriptures, and especially where he judged God as faithful, where she judged him as faithful. Because when you judge God as faithful, then you can judge his word as faithful. And something, something moves when you do that. And that's what happened to them. His eyes of faith were set on the city, this is kingdom, with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. God told him to go out, and his eyes were set on the kingdom. Sarah's faith embraced the miraculous power to conceive even though she was barren for 90 years. Come on. She could have been offended really bad. Abraham could have been offended. It's you, Sarah. Sarah could have been offended. It's you, Abraham. You need to go get a test, I'm sure. They could have been offended. It's, it's God. And, and this God that we've believed in is teasing us. He's given us all these promises, but he's teasing us. He's really not who he says he is. But, th but they didn't do that, and were their children. It says, Sarah was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith 
rested on the good one. The good one. Not on me, not on you, on him. Who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. She judged him as faithful. And he moved. And then goes on and says, Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his promise, his word, his only son. He's a parable of Jesus. For God had promised, though your son Isaac... Your lineage will carry on your name. Anybody got promises like that? Abraham judged God faithful. I'm telling you guys, he's saying, will you judge me as faithful? Will you declare my word? Will you believe who I've told you are? Will you? And it said, Abraham's faith made logical to him. He reckoned that God could raise Isaac from the dead. And symbolically, that's exactly what happened. He was a picture of Jesus coming back to life. The father knew he was going to raise his son. And Abraham believed in the father. He reckoned the good, good father as faithful. I'm going to tell you, that's, that's news to celebrate with. This is... Um, Another one that he's been speaking to me is in Isaiah 11. But I want to I read um, one other one. Psalm 37. And this one, again, is about judging God as faithful. Psalm 37. Keep trusting the Lord. Do you trust me? Teresa, do you trust me? Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God. Dwell with him in the land, and you will be secure, feasting on his faithfulness, judging him faithful. Judging him faithful, you will be secure in the word. Make God the most... the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. God, give God the right to direct your life. Trust him. And as you trust him along the way, you will find he pulled it off perfectly. He pulled it off perfectly. Do you know what our fears are? That he's not going to pull it off perfectly. Perfectly. That something's not going to happen the way we thought it was going to be. When you give up the mysteries to him, you can trust him, dwell in the land, and he'll pull it off perfectly. Because he says he takes every situation and makes it good. He came to redeem it all. Let's see if I can get Isaiah 11. This one is, this is amazing. So I want to I wanna talk about where we're at. First of all, we've talked about forgiving. The greatest gift I believe that the body of Christ has ever given, been given is first we're forgiven, and then we can forgive each other. And I can tell you that if you're still going over some situation, I'm sorry for you. Get over it. Forgive it. 
and move on. There, I, I'm going to tell you there is nothing more freeing than to be able to love people that hurt you. There is nothing more freeing than to be able to love people when they've slapped you. And there's nothing more freeing than to not carry offense. God has to do that in marriages. He has to do it across the land. Georgian prayed for marriages, he said, because there's so many divorces. I mean, and Chris has got an article on, I love, I love Chris. He's always wanted to get couples together. I really like that. I really believe that's the Lord. But he's, he's going, they're afraid. They're afraid of making commitments. They're afraid. They've, they've had divorce. There's been so much across the land. And so Georgian had us stand up and pray for marriages. Anyway, Isaiah 11, and I just, I just love this. Ron, or um, was it? Oh, Ron got it for his birthday, and then I bought one for myself. Oh, thank you, Teresa, for buying that for me. Okay. <coughs> anyway, Isaiah 11, and it's in the Passion Translation, and, and I really, really love it. I love it in all the translations. But it says that we have been given the spirit of prophecy, and that is the very spirit of God. And so that's what's happening when we see through the spirit and not with our eyes. We've been given that spirit of prophecy. Now listen to this. This is Holy Spirit coming on us. A spirit of skillfulness and ability. And this is, this is for all of you. An ability for music, art, business, writing, creativity, and wisdom for judicial situations. It is an ability to function in this earth with the gifts in your hands and produce. The Holy Spirit comes and he gives. And, you know, I, I said, said the other night, they saw me playing the piano. I said, well, I can't play the piano. And they said, God gives gifts. And then they, then they saw me, uh, what was the other thing? It was piano and painting. Do I paint? I'm like, whatever. And, 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 and then they said, well, we saw you painting this huge mur mural and, and this creativity. And I'm going, no, but I've got the spirit of the Lord in me. And he's given me the ability to create and do as you all do. How many here have had hands laid on them to receive the Holy Spirit? These gifts are yours. They're yours. The spirit of skillfulness, the spirit of wisdom. And Paul prayed that we would all have this, this wisdom to build. All of us, that we would build the body of Christ, we build the church. The spirit of intelligent insight, perfect understanding. I love this one. The meaning of riddles, parables, allegories, dreams, and visions. Daniel had it. It's a great, great gift, but we all have pieces of these gifts if they'll grow. Wise strategy, spirit of guidance, steering a ship. We need that. We all need that. Ability to steer the ship. Wise counsel, wisdom. It's already been given to us. You guys, this is not, oh, please give this to me. A spirit of a mighty warrior. That means someone who is tenacious and will not quit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Fire up in us. We aren't quitting. Great power. It defeats all evil on earth, this mighty warrior does. Sin, sickness, war, hatred, death, and it makes things right because he came to make everything right. And then the spirit of revelation knowledge coming from intimacy of being with God. This revelation that comes is from intimacy. It is being 
close to him, seeing into him and in him into us. Totally, and I love this part, totally thrilled, totally filled with the thrill of honoring God and having absolute loyalty to him. That's the fear of the Lord. He delights in living in the fear of the Lord. I love being loyal to God. I love honoring him. And you know what? I love fearing him because he's big, way bigger than me and you and all my problems and all the problems of the world. He's just big. So I'm in awe. I love that. We had prayed as a leadership for um, there are there are seven mountains, and I want to talk about this because I told you we're revivalists, and revivalists believe that the kingdom of God is to go out everywhere, in your work, in your places of business, in your creativity, whatever it is, in your children first, in your homes. So there are seven mountains, and the first mountain is the mountain of the kingdom. It's the kingdom. They call it religion, but it's just the kingdom of God. We are all and should all desire to see the kingdom enlarged. Your kingdom come. Your will on earth be done. All of us should have a desire to enlarge the kingdom. So we've all been given the worship or religion mountain or whatever they want to call. I don't care what they label the thing. Yes, you are all involved in what God does in his church. You all are. You may not be called to the five-fold ministry. I don't know. And we were talking, and it was like, are you called to preach? Are you called to teach? Are you called to be an apostle? Are you called to, to be an evangelist? Are you called? And so those are the five-fold ministry that literally build up the kingdom of God. But those gifts are to build up the whole of the mountains. My greatest desire is that all of you succeed in who God made you to be. That's revival. The, the next mountain is family, and God is family mountain. Both of those two mountains are just his heart. He is family mountain. If you're not called to family mountain, ask, you to get, ask him to uh, give you a heart for the family. Because when the family is whole and the family is healed, all of America is healed. It is important that the kingdom and the family are united. Okay. The other five mountains, I believe, and we pray that they would come. One is Media Mountain. We have got to have the Media Mountain taken by the kingdom of God. And that means someone who writes well. That means someone who can publish. That means someone who can speak. The only one we could think about, Andrea, was you as far as the Media Mountain. I mean, it was like we need the Media Mountain. You know, I, I appreciate the news of, of, of our area. You know, they're, they're pretty, pretty good about not telling anything that's negative. But sometimes they don't tell enough that we can um, move forward for our, our area. They don't tell statistics. They don't tell things that would cause people to go, we can't have this. Something has to change here. So we prayed for the Media Mountain. So I want you all to hear this because, because I'm going to ask you to, um, um, I'm going to ask you to literally think about this and then I'm going to ask you to stand up for the different mountains.
And I want um, our leadership to pray over you today. I want, I want those different mountains covered. Okay, the next one is business mountain. And honestly, economy, all of it. We have to take the economy. I believe the kingdom of God is to have riches and take. Yes, we would like to build more. You have to have money. You know, I would like to have more people come in. We, we've been told that we are to be hosting. I would like to have people come in, like Bethel. Like, I mean, I don't know, but to be able to have them come in. You know, and if we do that, we need a venue. And if we do that, we need money to build a venue. And then we need to be able to pay them. And God knows. He knows all of that. Um, so that was, that was um, what did I tell you, the business mountain. I also saw, you know, I'd had that dream of Smith Wigglesworth Restaurant. I believe Josh and Brian are probably serving Smith Wigglesworth food in their place. But we want it enlarged. All of these things have to be enlarged. All the businesses need to be growing. I would love to see that our uh, people are not in jobs that are drudge, but that they literally can give and, be do, and do what they are supposed to do. And I believe that's the Father's heart. So that's Business Mountain. The next mountain is uh, Education Mountain. And yes, education isn't just education of uh, learning and yes we need greater learning we need greater biblical learning we need understanding on all of that but education also is an understanding that there has to be a character and a place I don't care how much reading writing and arithmetic if you feel like committing suicide or cutting yourself or all those kind of things something's wrong with the mountain and it's become a humanistic mountain and it is not it needs to be taken back over by the Lord so, and I thank God for all the teachers that go and teach in the schools, but that's not going to do it. It's literally that something has to take that mountain. And I believe that there are strategies. Remember the Holy Spirit, these gifts in, in, um, in Isaiah 11? He's given us what we need. Then the, then the um, what's the next one? Um, business, economy, uh, worship, or arts and celebration. Arts and celebration. And, you know, I want, you know, different ones who want to go in those areas of art and music and all of those different things. And I'd like to see plays written, and I'd like to see things created. And I love that the kids are in the plays. I love that Zach has a music group. I love that things, but we need more. God wants us to carry the, the, the celebration mountain. He wants us to carry the arts. He wants that to grow. So have I named them all? It seems like there's one more. Government. I already named family. Government Mountain. And the other one is the government. And I believe, I, I believe the Lord had raised Tony and Kim up in that area. I believe there are others that are carrying that. I know that Brenda's been working in a governmental position. I believe that God wants to raise up government. But see, with the Holy Spirit hovering over these things, then those things are changed just like Solomon's kingdom was. They're changed and they become glorious. I know we're to be peace givers. I know we're to be lovers and servants. I know that we're to look like Jesus. And only God knows how to take those mountains. But if, um, if you, and I'm just going to assume that you all are called to family and worship mountain or the, uh, the kingdom mountain because you wouldn't be here. <laughs> if you weren't but other than that so we have five mountains thank you for listening to this message Jesus.